0: Last episode was about getting gaslit in business. This one is going to be all about having that hard conversation. Sometimes this is going to be in response. Sometimes this is just going to be very necessary and long overdue. You may notice I'm bringing to you my sexy sultry voice. (laughs) If you thought the sniffling was bad in the first eight episodes, just you wait, my friend. So I'm battling a Texas, actually I'm not battling, I'm not sick, I'm refusing to be sick because I don't get sick. That said, (laughs) there might be some sniffling, I'm hoping to edit it all out. Also, see the aforementioned Texas, air conditioning is running and you're just gonna fucking deal with it because it is hot and it is sweaty and I'm sniffling. With the uh, housekeeping out of the way, let's get into this. I like to talk to you on this podcast about the things I've been talking to everybody about because it never ceases to amaze me how we all seem to be kind of going through the same things around the same time. So I hope this is relevant. I hope this serves. Share it with a friend. Text me 720-704-4865. If you've got questions, I will uh, happily answer them. In the interim... This is what's been entertaining me for the last few weeks, and absolutely since that last podcast episode, because there have been many hard conversations with clients, with coworkers, with employees, with family members, and with friends. And some of these are still ongoing. So I might speak in vagaries as I usually do. I might have some specific stories as I always do. And with that, I'm just going to get into it because I've noticed I will put off a hard conversation or I will realize quite suddenly that a hard conversation needs to happen and then I will stress out over it endlessly. And maybe you can relate. This. We avoid it, we make excuses, we try and justify. And what we're really doing is trying to solve all the problems. We're trying to read the future. (laughs) And we're trying to anticipate every single move that this recipient, our listener, is going to have. Now, there's many, many things wrong with that. Firstly, and like I think probably most importantly, we're essentially banking on the fact this is gonna go poorly. I mean, if that's not going to create that result, I don't know what will. So, anytime you start trying to solve all of the potential problems and you're working through many iterations of this potential conversation, stop. Just stop. You are not a psychic. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this episode because it would be really boring. <laughs> you can't solve problems that haven't happened yet. And you're wasting, you're not just investing energy into something you don't want to happen. You're also wasting the energy you have for the now to be creative, to step into a place of trust, to explore like your present moment instead of the many things that haven't even happened yet. The other challenge with this is that, you know, beyond it actually being impossible to predict the future, for some of us, I know, I know a few people who that might be possible for. But we're, like I said earlier, we're kind of spinning our wheels. And the the next suggestion is that this person that we're talking to is not trustworthy. We don't trust them of being capable of hearing this, of, of potentially understanding exactly where we are, of also needing to clear the air, of Of being a big enough person and a creative person and a problem solving person that they could potentially, hey, you might wanna sit down for this one. They might have an idea you don't have. Whoa. Now, by trying to solve all of the problems, you're actually disallowing them from joining you in this problem solving process. Now, they can feel that when you're talking at them with all of the ideas and solutions and potentials that you've already established. They hear and feel the distrust. They sense that they are no longer a part of this process. They're simply being told how this is going to go. No one appreciates that. Everyone immediately kind of puts up their walls and goes into defense mode when they're being told how to do it, why it's happening, and when it's going to get done. When you bring people into this problem-solving process, you immediately get buy in because they feel like they're part of the solution, as opposed to just being told what to do. This creates buy in, this creates trust, this builds the skill set of problem solving. And again, there's likely something out there that you haven't thought of yet. So I am in the middle of some pretty hard conversations with a person that I work with. And I became immediately aware of this. It was one of those, oh shit, I need to talk to this person about this really challenging issue. Immediately, I went into defense mode. I needed to create several different plays. I needed to play it through. I needed to figure out what the offense might be doing in regards to my defense. And it really freaked me out. I, find my, I found myself waking up in the middle of the night, going through these different iterations of the conversation. And anytime I wasn't focused in the present moment, I would spin off into the ethers of this potential. And I know that that's not effective. I mean, I'm walking the walk right alongside you. So I would stop myself and choose to trust And I decided to just create the opportunity for this conversation, quite literally, the next time we were meant to be speaking with each other. And rather than preface it, which is always my go to, okay, so we need to have a talk, things are going to change, you know, blah, 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 like buffer their their reaction, again, suggesting this is going to go poorly. I just launched immediately into it. The other thing I always like to do is over explain, I'm sure you can relate to that when you're concerned about something, you're worried about how they're going to take it, you're not confident in what you're offering, you start to over-explain. So i had had a big girl talk with myself beforehand. As few words as possible, BZ. Do not (laughs) over-explain this. Simply share your stance and hold your mouth. Is that a thing? Hold your mouth, hold your tongue, hold your tongue, hold your tongue. So I stated my desire. This has to stop. And until we figure out a way to get going again, we're on a pause. And I I quite literally held my breath. The reaction was amazing. The reaction was understanding, in agreement, and simple. It kind of blew my mind. And it really showed me that you're not the only one feeling this. You know, if there is something unspoken, something lingering, some tension, some doubt, some frustration, call it out. Say the awkward part out loud. That gives the other person you're speaking to the permission to go, yeah, yeah, actually, I feel that too. Thanks. I didn't really know what that was, but you've just validated me rather than called me out with that opportunity then becomes the next step that you two can take together. Do you have any ideas here? Do you have any solutions? I'm at a loss. All I know is I need to take a break so that I can find the space to figure this out. So trust the people that you're talking to create the opportunity for you two to problem solve together Even if their reaction is not ideal or potentially really uncomfortable, something that I started doing was rather than judge them for being who they are, trust them to be capable of everything you know they can be. And in that moment, that's the perfect opportunity to just simply take a break, take a pause, time out. Something else that I think really plays into these hard conversations is this fear that we're going to have a very unhappy ending. And we have been programmed endlessly by every single Hollywood blockbuster Disney movie novel that we've read that we want to avoid unhappy endings at all costs. And I actually just just wrote a blog about this. So uh, if you want more on that, check out my blog. The thing is, is endings are a part of life. Everything comes to an end. And the beautiful part about an ending is that it allows for a beginning. Now, obviously, we get attached. I'm always the last one at the party. I never want the party to end. And I always just want to keep having fun. And there's this weird part of my brain that goes like, this is it. This is forever. This is the last time you're ever going to dot, 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 which just isn't true. Find yourself freaking out about the foreverness and then Give yourself a little bit of love. (laughs) Recognize that there's no such thing as forever. And whatever this relationship might be, whether it is a family member, a partner, a friend, a working relationship, a commitment that you made in all earnesty, thinking this is it, this is the thing that's going to be forever. Recognize that taking a pause, taking a break, taking a step back, doesn't have to be forever i know people who have been estranged from parents i know couples who have been divorced for 20 years turns out that pause that break was exactly what they needed to do to heal because this my friend is an internal game i'll get to that in a minute but taking a pause taking a break going home for the night does not mean that's it that's the last hurrah it simply means this we're we're Ending this chapter so we can start a new one. So notice some of us get very, very attached. And that, again, full permission. This isn't about doing things right or wrong or good or bad or better or worse. This is simply about knowing yourself. So understand, I Get really attached to things. Maybe give yourself a time limit to play with it so your brain understands this is this is temporary. This is something we're testing. You'll hear me say, test it over and over and over again because we innately avoid the forever. It feels impossible. We go to these extremes and then our, we start talking ourselves out of them immediately because it's, it's too much. When we are able to bite off digestible pieces, things just get so much easier. And when you're having these hard conversations, especially when you're taking a pause or a break from a very intimate relationship, again, work or personal, doesn't matter. When you say to the listener, this has to stop. I don't know what the solution is. Let's circle back in two weeks. Let's circle back in four weeks. Their brain feels that certainty of, oh, this isn't forever. This is just for right now. And it can relax now, you can get to that two week marker, sit down, and it is not going well and take another break. I was able to turn a dramatic end to a very long term very very precious partnership in my life into an ongoing best friend where I was able to meet his new partner and spend Christmas with them, and you know do all sorts of things that people thought were kind of crazy. Because we applied this approach where when the relationship very dramatically and suddenly ended, I put it on pause and I told him I need a month. And at that month, I was like, nope, we're going to do this for two more months. And at three months, we went to my favorite restaurant. I tried to sit down and have have a reasonable conversation and it was not yet possible. So we waited another three months at that point after six months of no contact we were able to start a new friendship and kindle those sparks of appreciation and love and trust in a very different container than what had been before and we're still friends to this day i feel like it's been gosh 14 years maybe since that that tumultuous end and new beginning the only reason that worked was giving him that option of knowing, look, I can't do this right now. We've got to like figure out an entirely new way of relating to each other and talking to each other and appreciating each other. We're going to have to completely redefine the terms of this relationship if there's going to be a relationship at all. So let's try this again in a month. That timeline allowed him to relax, allowed me to truly take a break, create space and then when we got when we finally were able to sit down together we could co-create a solution that worked for the both of us knowing that we're still and continually and always testing. So that for me is a huge like ah just knowing nothing is forever and this might not work right now that's actually okay like in fact that's kind of fantastic. I've touched a little bit on this in a lot of my recent musings but it's okay to graduate past an experience a person a mentor a job a partner again we're so programmed to feel really bad about that but please know you are learning you are growing and if you're quote unquote doing the work you're gonna move on now hopefully you can grow and expand and learn and challenge by the, the experiences you've cultivated, but sometimes they're just going to be done. And maybe it's not done forever, but just done for right now. You have full permission to invest your energy into whatever tickles your pickle. And if something feels stagnant in any way, shape, or form, if it feels heavy, if it's draining, if you avoid it, that is key. If you find yourself avoiding something, just put it on pause for a moment. And again, call that out. Say that awkward part out loud. I acknowledge the fact this is not getting the attention and energy it deserves. I'm going to take a step back for a little while and see if I miss this or if I feel relieved. And you can continue to do that. So. How do we turn these hard conversations into opportunities? You know, the challenge versus the opportunity. And I think first and foremost, celebrate. Celebrate the fact that you are willing, you are brave. You actually are so invested in this experience that you are willing to challenge yourself and potentially challenge the other person or people involved to create something even better or walk away, walk away for the now doesn't have to be forever <laughs> i feel like someone out there listening to this is getting triggered by the like just walk away just let it go practice non-attachment because it it's uh, it's it's simple whether it's easy is up to you you validate everyone's experience when you acknowledge this has become anything less than ideal And you create the opportunity for expansion, for learning, for growing new skills, for building trust. I mean, that's a huge one that comes out of these conversations is trust, commitment. And just, I mean, I I don't know if it's, I would never have called myself an eternal optimist, but it's feeling more and more real. There's always an opportunity. And these hard conversations are quite honestly the best way of creating that in a relationship. I used to say like, you don't know if someone's a true friend until you've gotten into a fight. And I realize now that's because it's only after a disagreement. It's only after a hard conversation that you realize like, this is we're committed to this. This is, bigger than just each of us individually. We've created something special here and it's it's worthwhile investing in. It's worthwhile like tugging and pulling and kind of working this out. And sure, sometimes that might take a break. My best friend and I, we've been friends since we were 8 or 9 years old. She and I have gone years without talking simply because we weren't really stoked on what the other was doing in that moment. You know, maybe they had a partner we didn't really appreciate or they were consumed with a job that the other felt kind of left out of or whatever it might have been, but we could love each other for who we were and the choices we were making and understand we just don't simply have to participate in that moment. So I think the lesson, the sort of takeaway from these hard conversations is what you're really doing is planting a seed. And you're saying, you know, we we're harvesting and it's time to start over. And that's how it never has to be this like always and forever ending it's just simply recognizing we've come as far as we can go doing it the way we've been doing it. Let's try something different. Let's plant a seed and we can nurture it and we can water it. We can actually kind of forget about it. And then suddenly we come back and we've got this beautiful new plant, flower, tree growing. It's exciting we're creating forward momentum. We're getting back into movement. When something has stagnated or become overly challenging or there's distrust or tension or frustration or doubt lingering in the air, it's unkind. I mean, to sound like a full-on hippie, that is doing no one any favors. And so by calling this what it is, you clear the slate and you're able to write down start you know, a totally new chapter, potentially a whole new book. Maybe it's the prequel. <laughs> Maybe it's a trilogy. Maybe it's a seven-part series. Who knows? But you won't find out until you hit cut and start the new scene. Are you appreciating the thousands of mixed analogies? You're welcome. It's one of my favorite habits that everybody hates on me for. So thanks for putting up with my shit. And finally, what do these hard conversations really show us? It really is about choosing. I don't know what word you want to use here. Here's some more woo shit for you, but choosing compassion, choosing kindness, choosing co-creation, choosing trust, but stepping into this place of allowing where you don't know all the answers. You don't know how this is going to go. All you know is it's not working and The only way you're going to figure out a a solution is together or by what was that uh, consciously decoupling (laughs) choosing to just not do this anymore. No one's fucked up. I think that's like, can we just have a moment for that? You didn't do something wrong and neither did they. It is rare that someone wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm going to fuck shit up today. I'm going to disappoint people. I'm going to let people down and I'm going to like really hurt you. Most of the time people are just doing their best. And I always think of that John Mulaney bit where he talks about his driving skills and he says that, you know, people pull up next to him expecting to find some like 87 year old, Asian grandmother who can't even see over the steering wheel, but instead they just see a middle-aged white guy doing his best. (laughs) That's the thing. We want to vilify. We want to turn someone into the bad guy. And I'll usually take that punt, uh, meaning that I'll often be like, look, I fucked this up. I did this wrong. I assumed this, that or the other, but I've really been practicing on letting that go because that's, not my intention rarely have i ever thought i'm gonna make a massive mistake today they just happen and it sucks and it's uncomfortable and it's embarrassing and all of that is okay we don't have to vilify ourselves or the other person in this hard conversation it doesn't even really matter what went wrong or what happened because those things are in the past. They're now part of a story that we tell ourselves. And you've heard me talk about this a million times. Oftentimes that story morphs and changes and suddenly becomes like the hero's journey, the the pivotal moment and our success rather than our failures. So if you find yourself trying to blame, if you're trying, if you find yourself looking for the mistake, looking for the point where it went wrong, what you're doing is externalizing the experience you're saying, this isn't mine, this is something else's. And then you're giving away any control and any power you have in that situation. So with compassion, with kindness, with a little, we'll wait for it, self-love, we can choose to see this as a learning opportunity, as a trust-building exercise And when you step into those spaces of creativity, of trust, of knowing there is always an opportunity on the other side of the challenge, that's when you're able to find the advantage move, which you've also heard me talk about. There is always a move to the advantage where everybody wins. And then potentially with these hard conversations or we just simply stop play because that means we get to play a new game potentially with new people and create totally new experiences that are much more beneficial to all. I had to lay someone off at the beginning of the year. And I had actually put this conversation off for six months. I knew that this resource was not the right fit, just, just culturally with the organization. And I know that sounds like a wank, but we do things really different in my financial consulting firm. And he liked to do things very consistently. He was one of those people that just wanted to a show up at an office, sit in front of the same computer at the same desk at the same time with the same cup of coffee and do the same thing all day long. That felt safe for him. That felt predictable. That was easy for him. He goes to work, he gets his work done, he goes home. Uh, That was it. And The challenge, the other challenge was, is not only are we quite dexterous in the way that we approach our client work, we also move very, very quickly. And this individual just simply didn't move at the same speeds. And I kept trying to justify it, we need the resource, we don't have enough, you know, we're over capacity already, it's going to put too much stress on everybody else and you know as i as i justified this as i avoided the conversation as i externalized it i it got closer to the holidays and also you know there was some there was some shit that went down in that year that we shall not speak of and so letting anybody go just felt really unfair again externalizing as we got closer to the holidays how could anyone lay someone off to the holidays yada 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 what i neglected to realize is that the team was pissed off They have a resource that's actually holding them back and dragging them down. They're actually having to overwork just to just to make sure this resource can keep up. It is out of alignment with our with our organizational values. Our clients are getting frustrated because this person isn't working to the same level of excellence that they've come to expect. And ultimately, what I realized is this resource is having an awful time. They hate their job. And they're, they're not the type of person that's going to quit, right? The person that appreciates familiarity and consistency and same-same in the office, they're, they're kind of okay to just show up miserable. And when I realized that, when I realized that this is just the not right, this is not the right fit, and that by having that conversation, I am saying the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud, I give them permission to be themselves. I gave them permission to find a much better opportunity. And I also was able to co-create a solution in real time where they continue to take a salary, continue to get health care until they found a new job. And the good news is, is this person is highly skilled for the right job. And they were able to find a new job very, very quickly. I didn't even need to stick to my salary commitment, and they transitioned effortlessly. And it was a huge relief. They also got a month off during ski season. So it worked out really well for everybody. Now, I that really taught me that having the hard, hard conversations is just a huge relief for everybody. And when you can check in with yourself and know you're doing your best. Your intentions are on point. I am doing this to support my team. I am doing this to support this individual. I trust that together, once I make this situation obvious, once I say it out loud, we're going to create something even better than what I could have done on my own. I'm going to get buy-in, And if it goes any other direction than that, I can just simply tap out for a minute and take a time out. When I trust that person to be solution oriented and maybe not in the moment, it might be a huge surprise to them. That last podcast (laughs) about gaslighting the individual I had to have that hard conversation with acted as if this was a huge fucking shock. Uh, That was a surprise to me. And I said that I said, wow, The fact that we sent this proposal through three months ago and we have been checking in with you regularly about our existing scope of work, I can hear that it is very disappointing that we're now bringing this to your attention in terms of finalities, like we are at the end of this conversation. (laughs) That's not ideal for you. Understood. And then I left it. I did that tactical empathy. I reflected back. I dove a little bit deeper, kind of read between the lines, and then I held my tongue. And yeah, that individual was quite honestly rude and uh, bullied me, threatened me, criticized me, and that was just further indication of validation. This is this is we've come to an end. <laughs> And I was able to show myself compassion and love. I was actually really proud of us for having that conversation, how we handled that conversation. And it, yeah, just once again gave me the relief that I needed to move forward. So with that, my friend, I guess this is kind of a short one. That's what you get when I'm a little bit not sick. (laughs) As per always, text me 720 704 If you've got any cues, I will give you some A's. I've officially launched all the things, the biz Inc. It's an entire learning platform for you, the visionary, rule-breaking, trailblazing, small business owner or small business dreamer. There's the loop you can sign up for. There's all the things. Go to the website, get on my socials. I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>